Thank you, Liz. Appreciate the uh, song. It's very foundational, and um, <clears throat> and we, we need to really focus in on um, all the things that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has done. Let me get my uh, thing together here. Okay. As we look at God's word for this morning. We want to, it's going to be a series. So I'm not going to run through this. I'm not going to, because it's important that we have a very sound foundation. And the best person to teach us is Jesus. <laughs> and what he will do is he'll take us through a very familiar passage of scripture that will challenge our hearts and minds. Let's bow in prayer. Father God, how we thank you for today. We thank you for the saints of God. We thank you for what your word has to say to us. Before you want us to shout about anything, you first want us to learn. And we can only learn by listening, pay attention, attention to who you are. So Lord, thank you for the book that we're going to look at. Thank you for what it has to say. May you be glorified through the whole process. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let me uh, be good for me to turn it on. Good. So as we uh, go through this, the first thing that I wanted to do, I want to put a picture in your mind. So the thing, first thing I want to do is just kind of bring that picture in your mind. I don't know how often you have thought about heaven. Some folks think about heaven and saying, well, I don't want to die yet. <laughs> and the Lord said, that's where you're going. That's what I saved you for. Say, yeah, Lord, but could that be tomorrow? I have, I have some, some things to do today. No, 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 no. I need you. You see, because they used to, one time they said that you're so earthly minded that you're not in you, so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. But no, 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 no. You need to be heavenly minded so you can be, give the best to the world. And what I'm finding out in talking with pastors and, and just talking with individuals, uh, the thing that's been laying heavy on my heart is that we go by, con we're not going by concepts. We're, we're functioning under systems. Now understand, I said, I'm not rushing through this thing because we're going on a series on this, so, so relax. I'll, I'll finish enough time that we say we got out on time. But we're going through systems, and what I'm saying going through systems is that, um, and I was listening to um, one of the pastors that I really appreciate on Sunday morning before I even come here, and, um, and he was mentioning the whole idea of um, socialism and capitalism. And he was, he was mentioned, he says, do you know the def definition of it? Do you know what it means? Do you know the biblical foundations for it? Is, there, is God for the, the socialist or the capitalist? I don't know, because I don't know the meaning. Oh, yeah, okay, so then what happens is that, and that's why I said, we need to understand concepts 
and understanding, having firm concepts, we're able to deal with every issue in life. The socialistic position is simply this. I'm trying to encapsulate here into a small a phrase. It means that the government is the person that takes care of you. It's the government that, that uh, when it comes down to health insurance, the government will take care of you. Well, who's going to pay the government? The people who have money. Then there's other folks who say, well, I'm not going to work. So the people say, I'm working for my money so that you can lay down. Therefore, I quit. So our financial system falls, and it goes all the way back to a philosopher's approach. The capitalist position is this. You see it through scriptures. Every man, you work. If you don't work, you don't eat. Every man work with his hands. You talk about being diligent. And you see all of God's, all of God's men, uh, all of these guys worked. Well, they were shepherds or whatever the case, but they worked. And God blessed them to be rich and everything. They worked and they gave. So he said, well, Lord, are, are you against, are you for the capitalists? And the Lord said, nope. Are you against the socialists? They said, nope. It's almost like saying, whose side are you on? And the Lord says, neither. Let me set the standards. And when you set the standards, if the people align with my standards, that's who I'm for and I will prosper them. Let me say this and keep on moving. I'll try to find, I'll try to find this uh, Chinese leader who observed America and they were wondering why America was so great. They did 10 years of study. And in the study for 10 years, they, they looked at our economic system, they looked at our education system, they analyzed everything. And here's what this Chinese leader said. Then we looked at the religion of, of the American people and we found that the prosperity of America was based on the word of God. And that's written in China, who don't even know Christ. So then we, we're talking about the kingdom of God that God has chosen us. We're on our way there. We're his child. We have victory. That society doesn't, see, it does not matter whether we're under oppression or success. The Jewish people prospered under everything. Slavery, everything else. God took care of his people. And if he took care of the Jews, he'll take care of you. Amen? Amen? That's why I wanted this, this kind of linger in your thinking. And I'll bring it up at another time. Linger in your thinking. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So we move on. And our theme for this morning is living in our new normal. The moment that you were saved, you were now in your new normal. I, I think about Lisa getting ready to have the baby. Right now, the baby is, is curled all up and uh, being fed by her and everything else. But all of a sudden, 
the baby's going to have a rude awakening. And we will be pushed out, slapped by the doctor. <laughs> she have, I mean, she or he going to have a testimony. I was pushed out of my comfort zone and slapped, you know. And, uh, and I cried, and everybody was rejoicing because I was crying. Uh, yeah, all, all of us have our sad stories, don't we? But when you're in your new normal, that means you cannot go back. You cannot act like others. And so as we go into this, we'll be going into Matthew, this is the uh, sixth, uh, fifth chapter. And so in Matthews, Jesus Christ says, here's how you operate in your new normal. And in the fifth chapter, not only will he tell us how to operate, then he's going to tell us all the things we're going to run up against. He's preparing us. He's a great teacher. Let's follow him through this whole process. So we, we start off. Let's read together. Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. I went to the last, I went to the, the last verse. It's 48 verses. I'm not going to even try to cover 48 verses this morning. That's why I'm putting it into a series. But at the end of it, it says, you didn't say you should or you could. It says what? You, you shall be. And whenever the Lord put a positive on it, he says, I, it's God who's at work in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Therefore, God is saying, I am pushing you to be mature, to be perfect. Just who you're measured by. As your father in heaven. Wow. So let's go through it then. To our introduction. As we approach this chapter, there are some sound principles that must not be overlooked. We have a calling on our life to be, to be, which will enable us to accomplish all things that is pleasing to God, our Father. It is inevitable that our true identity by the pattern of our thinking will greatly affect our actions. Remember, we keep talking about how you think is how you act. As a man thinks in his heart, what? So is he. If you're thinking foolishly, guess what's going to happen? You're going to act foolishly. If you think that you are handling your world and you can do it your own thing, does that mean that you have to neglect God? God says, well, okay, but understand, be not deceived. God is not marked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Defining the term. Living in a new normal is embracing and adjusting to a new way of thinking, speaking, and living, closely directed by the word of God and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. How do I live out the new normal? Don't try to do it on your own strength. Don't let the world define you. You are who you are, regardless of what the world say about you. They will reject you because they rejected Christ. They will talk about you because they talked about Christ. The question is not what they're saying. My question is, is how are you living? And so as we move through this then, clarifying our thoughts for this morning, it is time for us to know, understand, and apply the biblical principles of God's word. It is not a suggestion. It is not a what? 
Uh, this is not the uh, God. We don't carry a Bible of suggestions. So thinking it through. As we think it through then, there are several categories that would be wise for us to consider. And here's where I will take you through what they call the Beatitudes. The spiritual requirement, verses 1 through 6. The sensitive response, verse 7 and 8. The steadfast resilience, verse 10 to 12. The strong resolution, verse 13. We might not even finish all of this. Remember, it's a series, so we'll just pick it up and keep on going. What's happening is this. Jesus is saying, before you start doing anything on the outside, you need to get your act together on the inside. And so the beatitude or the beautiful attitudes, the Lord says, then here's how you prepare the inside. And so there's a question that we'll be asking through the whole process. <clears throat> the spiritual requirement. As we observe the teaching of Christ, there are two questions we need to answer. Here's number one. What is it? All through our time together, I'm going to keep saying, am I there yet? If not, why not? Ready for the second one? And let's read it together. Am I willing to hold my ground and keep going? If you're not there yet, don't sit down. Don't get discouraged. Keep going. For we press toward the mark of our high calling. Keep going. Regardless of what people say, regardless of our circumstances, keep going. When I'm seeing what's happening to believers all over the world, the, thing that they, the trouble that they're going through, and the persecution that they're going through, and one thing they pray, they're not praying that the persecution stop. They keep, they're asking in prayer, will you help me in prayer that we stand our ground and still hold up the bloodstained banner of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So then, as we look at this, Matthew 5, 1. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the pure in heart, spirit, for theirs is the what? Kingdom of heaven. Next, let's read it together. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be calmed. Next, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Next, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. We, we start off the, with this clarifying the concept. The poor in spirit is a safeguard against pride. God does not want a bunch of believers with their chest poked out. And looking at folks and saying, I'm better than you. We need to see people the way God sees people. And the way we see people through God's eyes is that I, he loves every person you see and the ones you even despise. Understand, God loves them. 
and that Jesus Christ died for that person just as much as he died for you. Watch your spirit. God despises a haughty spirit, a, a spirit that's puffed up and think there's something. You're nothing without Christ. Uh, you're judging. No, here's what Jesus Christ said. Abide in me and I in you, for a part of me you can do what? Nothing. Nothing. Blessed, so, so I need to check out my spirit. Those who mourn, maintaining a personal response to sin, also developing a heightened sensitivity for those who do not know Christ. Blessed are those who mourn. Those who have gotten to the point where you hate sin starting with your own life. So that you're not pointing your finger. You hate sin. Because that sin is a thing that nailed our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on the cross. It's for our sins. And we should have, we should have an attitude towards sin. Now, you have an attitude. The question is, what type of attitude you have? Hey, uh, no. the, the attitude should be, I hate it. Do you understand when you say you hate sin, would you, think of this for a second here. Who came first, the devil or sin? They say, the devil, mm mm. Sin. And sin made him the devil. Sin is such an evil and deep pit that it pulled down one third of the heavens. Satan is the personification of sin. There is no love in Satan. And so when we say, blessed are those who mourn, and when we see what's going on in our world, and the folks are just having a great time, I can, I can imagine, boy, they're laughing and everything else. They're laughing now, but they don't understand there's a dark cloud coming. And God is saying, you have rejected my son. Laugh now, for tomorrow you will be in eternity under my complete wrath. Blessed are you when you begin to see it from God's point of view. And God is saying he's not willing that any man should perish. But they, I've seen individuals, one person um, had a bottle of urine and took the cross and dropped it into the urine out of their total disdain for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You think God is getting angry over that? <laughs> See, that's what your sin nature is supposed to do. I'm not your daddy. So you're acting like your daddy. And so I'm not being out of shape because you see it's such a deep pit. So this is what sin does. And we are to look at sin and it's not funny. And I don't care what person's name may come up. And I'll give one that has a has reaction. And that is our, our president, President Trump. I'm not saying nay or yay. All I'm simply saying is this. He's in office because God put him in office. 
That's what scripture says. God, God put them in. God take them down. Then what should our, what house should we think then? The first thing he says, you pray for leadership. Pray for him. Not because of what he's doing, but what he could be doing if God grabbed his heart. Pray for him. He's my president. I didn't vote for him, but he's still my president. And my responsibility, regardless of what I think or how I feel, is to pray for him. For in all of the words that he used, he always used the word great and wonderful. He used all of these superfluous to to say all of these things. But yet and still, if he doesn't accept Jesus Christ as his personal Savior, his day is numbered just like ours. The meek. Did you notice what it started off with? It started off in the spiritual realm, didn't it? Then it started the emotional realm. Now we're looking at the attitude. For the sake of Christ, it is a deliberate denial and dying of self. And folks don't want to hear about that. It's a denying of who I am and who I think I am. And the Lord says, no, 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 no. Because you have to put it all on the altar. And the first battle is not what's going on on the outside. It's what I'm doing on the inside. Let me tell you. Let me ask you a question. How you been doing this week in battling with yourself? Or did you all have a party? Hanging out with yourself and doing what you want to do. And every now and then think they throw a little Jesus into it. It says, blessed and each time he says, blessed, to be happy, to be envied, blessed. Here's the person. The poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek. Then he goes with this. Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. It is an intense desire to be consistent in doing all that would be pleasing and honoring to God our Father. To have a hunger and thirst to say, Lord, this is what I want to do. There, there was a song that said, let me see Jesus only. Jesus only. Only he can satisfy. I mean, Karen and I were uh, attending the uh, Emory Avenue Church of God. I mean, that was one of their songs. Dead to every worldly pleasure. Dead to sin. To sin I am. But it goes on to say, let me see Jesus only. Only he can satisfy. You know what happens when that, that takes place like that? I start filtering people through how Christ sees them and not how I feel about them. It keeps me from gossiping about them, down, downplaying on them, because I see them through God's eyes. And all of the negativism that belongs in Satan's family has no rule over my spirit. You see, the Lord says, you want to do great things for me, but I need you to have your act together. With your spirit, as you mourn, as in your meekness, in your hunger and thirst. When we talk about hunger and thirst, have you have you been a time when you showed up in hunger? I mean, when those showed up hunger pains hit you, and when you're not hungry, you you say, "What? I don't like that. I want filet mignon, duck under glass." But when you are hungry. Show enough hungry. 
you see? And you have a peanut butter sandwich. And say, all I have is a peanut butter, I'll, I'll take it. But what about the, forget the duck, I'll take the peanut butter sandwich. And the Lord said, blessed are ye when you are hungry and thirst at the righteousness. And here's what I promise, you'll be filled. He says, when you have that hunger and thirst, I'll meet you there. Go to the place where I will meet you. You have to position your, your, yourself in a place where God will meet you. And when you're hungry and thirsty, look out, here comes that. Here comes daddy. Here comes daddy. Question. Remember, the, remember those, I'll keep bringing it up. First question we need to ask is what? Are you there yet? <laughs> Why? Why aren't you there? Remember the second question? Am I willing to hold my ground and keep going? Are you there yet? Do you hunger and thirst at the righteousness? Are you meek? Do you have that poor, having a poor in spirit? If you don't have it, why not? Why don't you have it? That's why I said I was, gonna, I was not going to rush through this, sir, or this, this particular message. I want you to understand. This is only the, the point of preparation. Remember, I've brainwashed you on the, on the five P's. Proper preparation promotes perfect performance. What is it? Proper preparation promotes perfect performance. And so what happens is Jesus now, he says, and Jesus stood and he taught them. He says, here's what I want, I'm, I'm teaching you to do. I want you to grasp the concept. And when you grab the concept, I want you to practice it. And when you practice this, and then, then now you can be perfect just as God our Father in heaven is perfect. Your Father in heaven is perfect. But first, grasp the concept. Well, as I said, I'll go to two, and I'll be through. Boy, I'm getting pee pee on. The sensitive response, verses 7 and 8. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall what? Obtain mercy. In the process of being merciful, it will take discipline, maturity, and wisdom to say and do the right things. Observation. Mercy will cause you to look at and even beyond the offense, uh, extenuating circumstances, and response and respond in a God-honoring way that will have an eternal impact. See what the word is, though? Blessed are the what? The merciful. In order for you to show mercy, then somebody must have done something to you. I hope you don't have a black book. Okay. You say, well, I don't have a black book. Well, I hope you don't have it on your iPad or your, or your smartphones or uh, wherever you may have it stored away. The whole idea is simply this. The key word is blessed, happy is a person who learns how to use this word mercy. And you use mercy on not a well, a person that well deserve it. It's a person that does not deserve it. 
Matter of fact, they deserve the death penalty. Are you in agreement with that? I hope so, because we needed mercy. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the Lord said, there are none righteous. No, not one. We all needed the mercy. And God is saying, I'm showing you mercy. I went, I came in the flesh, stepping down from who I am, and just putting it to the side for a while. They call it a hypostatic union between God and man, perfect God, perfect man. He says, I came down, put, put on the form of man, and put it on the form of man. I humbled myself, and I was beaten beyond recognition. And then while hanging there, here comes the Father, and, this, and it says in Isaiah, and upon him he laid the iniquity of what? I took on your sins. I took on the, the penalty of sin. I had mercy on you. You mean to tell me that if I show that type of mercy to your life, you can't show mercy to somebody I put in your life to make a difference? Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are those who see the right idea. Lord, help me. There are a lot of times individuals come to my mind and, and, um, and I think of what they're doing or whatever the case may be. And, I, and here's my prayer. Lord, help me to love them just as much you, as you have loved me. That keeps me from lay, putting labels on individuals. See, the moment you start putting labels on the individuals, that's how you treat them. That person is a liar and no good. So guess you're going to treat them with love? No. <laughs> See, you won't treat them with love because you already labeled them. You label your clothes, you label this, and then you label, now you're labeling people. And God says, throw that labeler away. Blessed are the merciful. Regardless of all they have done, when a person comes back and says, I'm sorry, you see, here's what happens with forgiveness. When a person says, I'm sorry, then you have chosen. When you say, I forgive you, that means I take on all the offense I'm paying for all that you have done. And so you said, I forgive you which in the sense of I'll never bring it up again. And scripture says, and here's what Ephesians says. Ephesians tells us, be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. Ephesians 4, 32. And when we think about that, when we think about the whole idea of merciful, blessed are the merciful. I, I wonder, did the Lord have you in mind that you, you reached that level? Do you consider yourself a merciful person or a, t a person who tolerates? A person who, I'm merciful, but you see, the way I've come up, I've drawn a line. And as long as that person don't get over that line, I'll be okay. And the Lord showed me how foolish that was. Forgive me for being redundant. I probably shared with you before. Working at Pioneer National Title Insurance, and I was in the copy room, and I manned that room with all the machines and everything else, and the cutting up paper, and and people had a tendency to wander in there and talk. Um, 
And then they used, to, they used to do a whole lot of swearing and everything else. And I said, but Forrest, in this room, I says, you're killing my ears. Please hold down your profanity. One guy said, who you think you're talking to? You run this room like you run it, like you own it. I said, no, I just prefer that you don't use profanity. He said, don't you know I do karate? I said, no. And he stopped coming toward me. And I said, now if he does karate, and I drew an invisible line. And and in the service, I learned some things in the service. So I drew an invisible line. I said, if he crossed that line, we're through talking. (laughs) And I can imagine Satan saying, yeah, man, get him. Don't let him walk up on you like that, you know. And the guy kept on talking. You know what I could do to you, man? And I kept saying, I mean, all I'm saying is simply this. When it comes down to your swearing, you know. And he, and he kept call, uh, talking and kept call, and, I, and I kept my eye on the invisible line. He, I know you all want him to cross over that. <laughs> Stop it. Anyway, what happened was this. That before he even got to that invisible line, someone came in and pulled him away. And he was angry. And Lord laid on my heart, this guy has six brothers that after, you be, after fighting him, you had to fight the brothers. Let me take care of him. Vengeance is mine. I will repay. Now, I could have stressed the story, you know, he stepped over the line and da 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 but that wouldn't be the truth, okay? And I'm supposed to be preaching the truth. So I'm just simply saying that that's what happened. It didn't happen. And the real test was not how close he got, but how sound I was on the other side of the line. And if I acted like him, I'm violating everything that Jesus Christ is talking about. Everything he was talking about. Well, let me go back. My time is up, so let me just do this last thing here. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. A pure heart filters everything that will be displeasing to God. He has, he has given us a biblical maintenance and filtering system. Philippians 4, 8, 9. Finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, or good report, any virtue, any knowledge, any praise, think on these things. Those things that you have seen and, uh, and heard and and learn, do, and the God of peace shall keep your hearts. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. When I determine to walk with God this week, from this point on, I'm not expecting you to actually see God. It's not a physical seeing God. You will actually see his heart, understand his heart. Your eyes will be open and your thinking will be changed. Your actions will be changed. Blessed. And the question, are you there yet? If not, 
Why not? If the answer is yes, then hold your ground and keep going. It's amazing with those who have a pure heart. That means their intentions, their plans, and everything else is never to do somebody else in. My prayer for you this morning. We'll pick it up uh, number three uh, next week and keep on going to Matthew. We're going to be in Matthew. <laughs> I need you to understand that we're living in a new normal. And our new normal is coming from the world and are on our way to glory. Amen. As we bow in prayer, I just want to ask the question. Are you there yet? If not, why? And if you need to make some adjustments, I'd like to pray for you this morning. It's between you and the Lord. It's not making me feel good. It's between you and the Lord. And I want to challenge you to stand and say, well, I'm not there yet. You and the Lord work out why, but at least be honest with yourself. I find that people lie to themselves, and when they lie to themselves, it's very easy for them to lie to others. Are you there yet? I would like to pray for you. If you're not there yet, you're not prepared for what's going to happen. When it's talking about blessing your enemies and everything, are you there yet? When it's showing mercy, are you there yet? And if not, I'd just like to pray for you. And the ones standing, I'd just like to pray. Father God, the first question we need to answer is one that we, we don't like to say negative things about ourselves. But we need to be honest with ourselves. We need to keep it real with ourselves. I'm not there yet. And yet you, according to the Philippians, you, it's, you, the, you give us the will and to do your good pleasure. You, you give us the want to. I pray, Lord, that, we, that the individuals kind of open their spirit and say, Lord, I'm not there yet, but I'm willing to get there to make you look good. So I pray for the saints of God. I pray for those who probably did not stand for a number of reasons. I don't know. I pray for all of us, Lord, to get there. That when we read the Beatitudes, that's talking about me. May we see our face in the fifth chapter of Matthew when it says, Blessed are, put your name in there. Lord, I pray that you get us there. That will equip us then for whatever Satan brings on. For after he has done all to us, we'll still be standing. And standing on your promise and in your power, empowered, Lord, I just pray for each one this morning. Thank you for what you're going to do. And if there be one that do not know Christ, they need to get there. By recognizing that Christ died for their sins, that they are a sinner that can't save themselves. And say, Lord, please come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I believe that you died for my sins. And I give my life over to you right now. Thank you for what you're going to do in the life of the believers. Thank you for this privilege. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said.
Amen.